The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to the Rod and Staff podcast. I am your host, Roger, along with my co-host, Jason. We welcome you to this episode where we're going to address the pandemic again. We've been in this for about eight months now, and we want to revisit the pandemic and think through how we're processing uh, different areas of what we're experiencing during this time. But before we jump into that conversation, uh, my question for you this evening, Jason, is we've been coming off the heels of the elections. Uh, what was your biggest surprise that you had from the results of the elections? The biggest surprise from the results? That's an interesting question. Um, I, I guess... I guess something that did surprise me um, was just how evenly split the country seems to be. Hmm. Um, I knew that the country is polarized. Uh, I, that's pretty obvious, but I didn't realize, I mean, I, I wasn't sure just what that split looked like and to have even things like the house of representatives uh, and Senate. And of course the, the close vote on the presidency mm-hmm. be just so split down the middle it's kind of uh, striking so maybe that's the that and the fact that uh, i don't know if i trust any elections anymore <laughs> at this point so that's something else but uh how about you what was the most surprising for you yeah i, I agree just seeing how close some of the results have been and mm-hmm. how some of the races are still even close you know in my local yeah. area uh, the race separating the two candidates is still within a few hundred votes and they're yeah. still counting. And it's just amazing how evenly divided it is. Yeah. And at the same time, how wrong these polls are two oh, times yeah. in a row. We've just seen how wrong they are. Um, but I think one of the, one of the main surprises was how the California propositions went. Mm, um, normally true. voters approve a lot of the tax measures and, um, and this time they refuted a lot of them, even though they were pretty close, there were some that they rejected, which was uh, very interesting to see um, uh, in our yeah. local area. So, well, we could talk about the elections for a long time, I'm sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yep. But now that the elections are over, the focus is back on the pandemic. And every day we're inundated with the numbers again, and government officials are now on TV all the time, uh, not just giving us updates every so often, but it seems like every week and now multiple times during the week, we're getting updates. And depending on your area, you probably experienced it in different ways. Uh, For us in LA, we're experiencing uh, uh, not just a surge, but more threats um, uh, from our governments on lockdowns and tightening up. Um, But as we've been thinking about the pandemic over this time, we had an episode prior, uh, really toward the beginning of the pandemic, and what we were thinking there, that initial shock of what was happening. But now we've been in it for about eight months, and we're processing it differently now. And I thought of just some questions we should 
we could think through and just explore um, as we're talking with different people, we're processing our, our own heart. Um, I think it's important to think and talk through these areas. Um, and, and the first question is, is really this, is how do we process the sense of loss that we've had um, during this time? Wh what do you think? I mean, it's a really important question. How do we process this sense of loss? Because when we first started out, you know, we were told, I think, what was it, 15 days to flatten the curve or, mm -hmm. or something like that, just two weeks, you know, maybe, and some of us suspected, I, I remember a couple of us talking, going, ah, oh, it's not going to be two weeks, it's going to be at least a month, and we're thinking yeah. that that's a long time, <laughs> you know. A little bit we know. And there were some people that I thought were just crazy saying things like, oh, this is going to last into 2021. And I thought, you, you, you got to be kidding me. There's no way on earth that that's going to happen. Uh, and here we are uh, a month away, a month and a half away from 2021. And there's questions about, will we be out of this in 2021? So how do we process this? I think it really is forcing us to get to the heart of our Christian faith. Mm. Um, we talk about it all the time that our faith and our commitment is not based on our circumstances. And so we're, we're forced now in these very strange circumstances to try to understand what is our calling? What is our role? What is our identity separate from our circumstance that we're so comfortable with before? Um, so, you know, we covered a few months back this idea of lament. Mm -hmm. I almost feel like there's some lamenting that we're, is going on yeah. where we're turning to the Lord. I'll, I'll be honest, some of my time in prayer is turning to the Lord going, but how long, oh Lord, you know, yeah. how, how, how are we to deal with this? You know, I, I don't want to talk about it as a new norm, uh, but even the fear of talking about it as a new norm tells me that my circumstances are very important to me. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying, I guess the, the, for me, the way to process this is to get down to the, the, the heart of the issues. What, what, what do I know about who I am um, absent my circumstances? You know, you're taking everything else away from me mm -hmm. and it's, so what's left? Um, if I can never leave the house, right? <laughs> what's left? Uh, yeah. and I think for us believers, there's eternity left, like, mm -hmm. but, but we have to process it. I don't know. Uh, how about you? What are you thinking? Yeah. I think I, I think of it through both temporary loss and permanent loss mm -hmm. that there's temporary circumstances we're going through that could recover such as job losses, loss of finances, economic loss. Those things can be temporary, however long that temporary is. But then there's permanent loss, like loss of life. And we've had you know, many people die uh, because of COVID. And we've had other people uh, pass away for other reasons during this time. And so you have the pandemic you're trying to process. And then you just have normal loss that we're going through. Um, and that yeah. that won't be recovered. And it, it it really helps us to, as you're saying, to look at our Christian faith. But I think it puts the focus of, are we going to turn our eyes to the Lord? Or are we going right. to stay on our circumstances and keep thinking about when are our circumstances going to change? And what's so unique is we're squeezed every day. 
It's yeah. like, we, we can't get out of it. We can't just wake up and it's all going to be better. You know, just because they offer a vaccine doesn't mean this is, you know, done and we no longer have to worry. There's still going to be a process of coming out of this. Yeah. And are we going to have a uh, faith that's being purified or are we going to keep wrestling with our sense of what we want or what we've lost? Um, yeah. Well, and I think there's, there's, you know, talking about temporary and permanent, there's, there's also this real confusion between what is temporary and what is now mm. permanent. Mm-hmm. Uh, because part of the, the loss that I'm learning to process is something that we feel like we've lost, but I don't think we necessarily just lost it. I think we never actually had it, but <laughs> the sense of control. Yeah. Um, or even the sense of living in a culture or in a, in a nation that truly is righteous somehow or free, um, not corrupt. You know, we, we look at other nations and we go, oh, we feel so sorry for them because of their, yeah. you know, the, the power hungry leadership and things. And right now there's this kind of this skepticism that we all have that there is nothing unique about the sinful people running this government. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had a nice run 200 and some odd years as United States of America. <laughs> um, but did we, you know, do we really have something that is uh, only going to be found in in eternity, this true righteousness and, and justice and things? So part of this loss that I'm kind of processing is this loss of that f- kind of facade of this American Christian, mm-hmm. righteous, manifest destiny. I don't know what you want to call it, but um, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it, and it, uh, it does. And I, and I even think of the messaging we hear, the worldview we hear, and then you think of some of the hypocrisy that we experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the messaging, we're all in this together. We need to get through this, just hunker down, that we're all together. And then, <laughs> you know, we experience in our wonderful state, of seeing hypocrisy come out of our government officials that have been caught not practicing what they preach. We know what that means in the church. Yeah. And, and we know our government officials are, are sinners too. And, yeah. and there's uh, going to be inconsistencies, but we see it in a different level because you see uh, them standing above us and wanting all these sacrifices made but then they don't want to live through them that through themselves. And yeah. how, how do we even respond to that? How, how have you responded to that when you, when you heard the news is, you know, for those of listening, our, our governor <laughs> and another representative have both been caught uh, with video and, and photographs of being in places without a mask and not obeying the orders that they have called all of us to follow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty fascinating because if, if anything like that were to happen inside the church, immediately the whole world <laughs> would react yeah. um, and, and they'd say, oh, you see a bunch of hypocrites. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and for me, my personal reaction was not really surprised. And, and I'll tell you why, not just because I think they're, you know, they're fallen human beings. We're all sinners. Yeah. Um, and in their case, they haven't, from what we could tell, haven't turned to Christ. Okay. But more than that, our humanity cannot survive this new norm that they're trying to Mm. to teach. Mm -hmm. It's just not, it's not human to live that way. 
it doesn't shock me that the governor wanted to have a meal out with friends and celebrate because that's a normal part of our humanity, our, our human existence. Uh, there's some existential questions here that, that you can't answer with this narrow supposed public health perspective that's forgetting how God has created us as social beings. Social mm-hmm. distancing is just a, what, what kind of a phrase is, is, is that even? So yeah. I'm not shocked that they did that, but it also points out kind of the way they think about us. Yeah. The way they take the authority to themselves. And we never called them to be authority. We called them to be representatives, interestingly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. How about your reaction? Were you uh, throwing things at home or at work, kicking cats? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think my my flesh came out of just <laughs> there was a sense of anger at sure. it, yeah. a sense of you know how easy it is to say, "Oh, I'm sorry, it was a mistake." When right. and this is the comparison I made: people have lost their livelihood. Businesses that have been around for generations, even in my city, have been around for 30, 40 years, will no longer exist, and they're not. They've closed down for good. Mm-hmm. And that that inconsistency it was frustrating, and you know, to to see and processing that. You just, you hold it lightly, what we're told, because we know they're just people like us, but that sense of moral superiority that they have been projecting on us, I think has lost a lot of confidence in people now in in how they're viewing um, what we're being told um, living that way. Absolutely. We've, they've really harmed uh, the the run-of-the-mill normal citizens view of the governing authorities. I mean, I was thinking about what came out of Chicago, the mayor of Chicago yeah. uh, talking about, you know, she goes and celebrates the, the supposed victory. We're not sure yet. <laughs> As of right now, we're not sure who our next president will be. Um, but, but uh, she's, she, Oh, to celebrate that there's always a time, you know, there's some things that are bigger than the pandemic. You know, we've got to celebrate those things. And we, as God's people know, that's right. There are a lot of things bigger than this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Importantly, worshiping the Lord Jesus, that's more important. Yeah. And so for her to have this, supposed you know this moral like you said superiority that she's going to dictate how dare you do these things and then but i can tell you what is worthy of celebration yeah I mean, just the audacity of these people mm-hmm. uh, is but it's a reminder again of the the impact of the fall the futile reasoning and thinking i can't i can't help but think of romans one there's a futility there mm-hmm. uh in the minds of these people it's an emptiness they, they can't really justify what they're doing except a power play yeah. uh, but i hope that we as christians don't act the same way and that's kind of key for us yeah that's a good segue into another um idea we want to talk about and and that has to do with um our identity in the pandemic and how we're even processing going through this. We're going to look at first Peter chapter one in a, in a minute here. Um, but as we think of, of how we're responding there, there's another area of, of loss that we have to wrestle with. And that is uh, really the loss of the normal functions that we've had previously. Yeah. Uh, we were talking before about how, 
you know, when you lose a job, uh, you lose a sense of identity. There's a shock of, I'm not doing what I normally do when I wake up. I'm not getting ready for work, going to work. And there's that sense of identity. Here, though, it's interesting because you may not have lost your job, but the sense of identity and your normal vocation and normal functions have been lost. I, I was thinking of you that as a pastor, your normal functions are being with the body throughout the week. We, you're freed up to meet with people, yeah. to talk with people, to be engaged in their lives, you know, not just through Zoom or phone calls, but in the physical presence. Yeah. And now you're locked up in home and, yeah. and, and thinking, how do we, how, how do you process that? How do you encourage those in our body to process a sense of, of vocational loss, you, you, if you want to call it that? Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a really important point that you're bringing up and, and probably more complex than we can capture in a, in a short conversation. But uh, for me personally, I mean, waking up every morning and knowing that I'm, 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 I hate to say it this way, but I'm kind of stuck here at home. All the normal things that I would want to do, like you said, to get engaged in the lives of, of the people in our congregation are kind of shut down, you know, so we're trying more and more. So I've been meeting more people out at coffee, although who knows what's going to happen this week yeah. with the governor, <laughs> I mean, the mayor and everyone trying to shut us down. But, um, but there is this real sense of um, our hands being tied, almost a helplessness, realizing there are a number of people that, so I've sent out emails, tried to text people that, hmm. um, that I just haven't heard from or seen and, and I'm not getting any response. And there's this, um, I, I don't want to call it helplessness, but humanly speaking, there's a, there's a bit of helplessness, but that's interesting too, because, you know, you were saying this, this whole language of identity. Um, I, I think it helps us to see where our identity was. Mm -hmm. If my identity is in my functioning as a pastor in these ways, yep. then I'm losing some of myself right now. Mm -hmm. That makes me have to think, but that, is that where my identity really is found? Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm sure it's the same for, for other people. You know, where is our identity? And our identity needs to be in Christ and as his kingdom people. And I think we're being forced to be more kingdom centric mm -hmm. than ever if we're following where the Lord is leading us. I don't know. Are you thinking along those lines too? Yeah, definitely. And, and when I think of uh, a scripture like first Peter, when it talks about uh, the trials that we're going through uh, the opening book of first Peter in chapter one, starting at verse three really sets us and sets the foundation back on where our identity and not just our identity, but our hope should be found before talking about our lives. And I just read, Starting in verse three, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. I mean, our identity there is wrapped up in being born again. 
and mm-hmm. being in union with Christ with a future hope of being yeah. with him. So our identity starts with, with our identity in Christ, not in our functions or what we do in life. And we often get caught up when we're just in this normal way of life and we're not shaken to see where are we placing our hope because often our identity is connected to where our hope is too, where, you know, we're looking to this world, what it provides us. And when it starts stripping away, then the purity of what am I truly seeking and wanting and hoping for starts to come out. Yeah. I mean, you you can ask yourself kind of, you do this uh, thought experiment. Um, Is there a a sense of loss when I think about heaven? Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> do I do I feel like you know I used to, I, I'll I'll just admit it be very open when I was younger uh, as a believer I would think to myself Lord Jesus don't come yet mm-hmm. I haven't lived my life yet <laughs> you know I just think mm-hmm. about that idea and, and how to how does that fit with all that we know about God's word and the hope this inheritance yeah this this future glory that we have waiting for us and we're sitting here going well not yet because i i want to do this first on this fallen world and I, I feel like that's part of what the lord is doing in my own heart he's he's going he's ripping those things away here i mean look i just you and i both we just finished our schooling you know mm-hmm. part of me was going okay lord you know what's next i want to use this uh, phd for your glory i want to see if i can teach somewhere i want to see if i can write i want in the middle of this mess we're living, I'm going, um, that may never come to fruition in this life. Is that a loss? Mm-hmm. If I know that I'm going to be in glory, I mean, I'm not saying that it's the end time, by the way, I, I don't want anyone to uh, misunderstand. Maybe it is though, right? That's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. Or, or maybe this will be a new norm and maybe we will have less uh, rights and all who knows, is that okay? Because of what I already have in Christ. Yeah. And that future hope is what redefines the present circumstances. And that's what Peter does in in verse six. What does he say? He says, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, he he looks and says, yes, you, you are going to have trials here and you're going to be grieved by him. This isn't something that we rejoice that we're going through these hard times. We're grieving through them. Yeah. But there's a process that God's doing as he strips away, he's also building and giving back and, and seeing what's underneath. And what could be better than to have your faith purified to the praise and glory of God, that mm. he's getting you through it and showing you this is true. This is what's real. This is the reality. The temporary is not going to last. Don't forget it. It's like these gentle reminders of of our lives yeah. through these trials yeah it's it's so good it goes back to a lot of what we've talked about uh now months and months ago <laughs> now that i'm thinking about it um but with with the with god's providence and what he's doing uh you know when we've talked about um romans eight twenty eight and all things work together uh for good and we, we were saying well what is the good 
Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And, and we're, we're being posed that question again. Yeah. What is good? Cause we're looking around going, this is not good. Yes. Right. Pandemic's not good. It's not good that we're home. It's not good that there's going to be another shutdown or lockdown. It's not good. And I get that. And that there's truth to that assessment. I believe um, at the same time, we know that all things are working together for good. What's the good that the Lord may be bringing about in my life right now. Um, and I think that there is this refining that Peter's talking about. There's suffering, but it's refining us. It's shaping us. And I think it's filtering people as well, filtering people out of the church even. Isn't it so interesting that we emphasize so much the sovereignty and the providence of God, mm-hmm. and we emphasize it in teaching. We believe it. We hold on to it. But now we're being tested by it. Do we truly hold these truths to be true or do we just like them because they bring comfort? But it's not in times of turmoil that we hear those, but now it is. Now it's, do you really believe that God is sovereign in control and he is working? Yeah. You can't run away from the question now in in what we're going through, right? And and what happens if you don't believe that right now, Roger? Like what what would happen in the hearts? What what is happening? I shouldn't say what would happen. Probably there are people listening to this right now and you and I in certain moments Uh, in our own lives are experiencing times when we're not really believing in God's sovereign and benevolent or good will and desire. So what's, what goes on in our hearts and minds when we don't trust in his sovereignty and in his goodness? Yeah. And I think we even see that, you know, in, in what comes out of us, of the worry, of the anxiety, of the fear, of the anger, anger. Yeah bitterness of the even even expressing it by clamming up Hmm. and by going inward and not wanting to you're still responding by not responding you're choosing to uh, avoid avoid and ignore yeah escape trying to go and escape and just try to find something to find joy in whether that's you know whatever area that could be in i mean would you would you say, would you think, um, and based on conversations maybe you've had uh, with people recently, that that temptation is more powerful these days for a lot of our people? Yeah, I think that Satan, uh, you know, the temptations that, that come are, are so much more alluring because especially when you're facing trials, we crave relief, we crave yeah. comfort, we crave escape. And those promise us that immediate, but what we often forget in the temptation is that the immediate then turns to despair because you realize it didn't give you what you thought it was going to give you. It's only temporary. And that's why we have to cling to the Lord in these times for comfort. Cling to the Lord. And this is when the body of Christ is so important We really need to be encouraging each other, pushing each other to keep their eyes focused on the Lord, to, to spur each other on to love and good works. We really must be doing that because, you know, you know, he says, don't forsake the the gathering of believers, especially as that day is coming closer. And again, I, uh, again, 
I'm not one who's saying it's the end times. I keep saying things that sound like that. So I got to be careful. But, <laughs> uh, but what I will say is we have got to be pushing each other more now than ever and reminding yeah. each other of the promises of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God um, to keep our eyes focused so that we can run this race uh, faithfully to the end. Uh, it's a hard time. Yeah, that, that, that's a good word. And I think a good encouragement um, and, and a good conversation. I mean, there's so much we can talk about uh, with this pandemic because it's on everybody's mind. We can't avoid it. Um, we're going to hear about, about it. Uh, news media, we're talking about it. We're experiencing it just being at home or even if you are able to go in the office, things are different True. Uh, everywhere you go. So to avoid it isn't an option. But which direction will we go um, when we experience this sense of loss? Yeah. So it's a great conversation to continue talking about, continue thinking about um, in the body. Um, but when, when we leave this, this episode, what, what one encouragement would you give uh, to those listening uh, as they're processing loss? What's the one encouragement you would have for them um, and leave them with? I think this goes back to uh, something you brought up, this idea of knowing where your identity really comes from mm. and that our identity is found in the fact that we are born again. Uh, so we're not even citizens of this world, this earth. Our citizenship is secure and it is uh, in glory and it's in, mm. it's in eternity, uh, but it's ours already now. We're already citizens of heaven. So keep our minds focused there. I think that would be the encouragement that I would offer. Um, any encouragement that you might send as well? Yeah, I think during this time when we're inundated with so much information from so many different directions, we truly need God's word to renew our thoughts, Amen. to encourage us, to convict us when we're off. Um, but we need God to speak his truth in more than we're receiving passively because we get very discouraged from the passive information, but by actively pursuing God, you can re-encourage yourself for that day. And then with one day at a time that we get through this and God will get us through this as we're clinging to him. Amen. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast. If you have any feedback or questions or, ide or ideas on future episodes, please send us an email. We'd love to hear from you and uh, we hope you will join us next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.